right, everybody. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here. And of course, I'm joined as always with my co-host, Jimmy Marion and Darian Smith. And guys, it's senior day this Saturday as UAB welcomes in 3-7 and seven Temple to Protector Stadium. The game will kick off at 2 p.m. Central Time. But if you can't make it, it will be streamed on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, before, before we get into actually previewing this matchup, you know, Darian brought up a good point that we need to read off these 11 seniors that are playing for the last time in Protective Stadium with a UAB jersey on. And guys, I, we've seen the Twitter DMs, the res- replies on Twitter and message boards, Facebook groups. We know that everybody is upset with how last Saturday went in, the, in Annapolis. Yeah, UAB's not going to a bowl game, um, and they're not bowl el- they're not going to be bowl eligible for the first time in over a decade. But if you can get out to Protective Stadium this Saturday afternoon to honor these seniors, and I'm just going to read off these 11 seniors, Demetrius Battle, Skull Jermaine Brown Jr., Nakia Eason Jr., Michael Fairbanks, Tyreek Howard, Fish McWilliams, Tejon Palmer, Matt Quinn, Samario Flip Rudolph, Will Sorrells, and Keandre Swoops. Guys. You know, we we hear our listeners all the time texting us, DMing us, and you see on message boards, everybody is upset. But I do think I strongly recommend if you can to get down Protective Stadium. And I totally get it. Hey, if you don't want to go and you want that to be your message, you know, good for you. That is fine. And we can respect that. But we are urging, you know, because we, hey, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're a diehard UAB fan <laughs> right now because. We've lost a lot of the casuals this season. You know, hey, three and seven, like I just mentioned. But if you're listening to us right now, please show up at Protective Stadium to cheer on at least these 11 guys on the field for the last time as a UAB Blazer. Darian, what what do you have to say? Uh, Will Will Soros, I didn't know he was a senior. Yeah, well, I think they're honoring him because I, I do not. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not believe he is coming back next year. Okay, well that sucks. Yeah, I, I know. He, um, he he improved over the year. Yeah, like he improved over the year. I think he's a like a good rotation player. But hats off the wheel. I know he's been around the program for a while, you know, and I know he's worked his way onto the field. So. Him and his family, you know, they got our respect. Um, so many of those guys, I feel like we've grown with over time, like Fairbanks and Fish and Skull, like these guys, Samario, you know, these are guys that done put so much into the program. And I know I tweeted out, hey, if you need to disconnect uh, for a while, do so for your mental health. But that's it's different. I'm not saying don't support the team. I, I just didn't want I know how I know how the fluctuation of a season, the disappointment of seasons can actually really affect the fandom of some, you know, of a team. I don't want people to just take it too hard. At the end of the day, it's just a game. Just a game, y'all, that these guys have really put everything into. You think they wanted to have, you think they wanted to be three and seven right now? They they wanted to win more than we wanted them to win. Um, they put in a whole, a lot of offseason grind. They, these guys, a lot of these guys have next level aspirations. So it's just they put so much into this program, right? And 
as a fan, you always, always honor that. So um, I wish I would be able to go. I'll be at another football game. You know, my daughter got a cheer, and then Sunday she has the competition. It's always something that's like <laughs> – but I'll be watching like always. I'll always be supporting the guys. I don't care what the outcome is. I'll support any player that put on their green and gold, especially the ones that has put in the years that they have. Yeah, I was going to joke and say that we've officially reached the two-week notice stage of the UAB football season. <laughs> but on a real note, there are elements of the last two weeks that um, are cause to support, to continue the support that we've demonstrated throughout the year, and Senior Day being a huge one. So, uh, you know, John, you read off the list, and there's a lot of monumental moments. You think about a guy like Skull and him scoring the go-ahead touchdown in the bowl game last year, and you have other players in the roster that, you know, like a flip that may have came to campus as a walk-on, I believe, and earned a scholarship and played a, a pivotal role. I think about the touch. Well, yeah, I think about the touchdown. It was against WKU last year in the road, right, where he almost stepped right out of bounds but then went down the sideline and had some, you know, the Rice game, I think it was maybe two years ago, in which, you know, the team during the COVID season was down a bunch of players and he made a pivotal play too. Will Sorrells, we talked about him and his contributions this year, uh, surprisingly, and hopefully he will be a player that, we hope will return and continue to make contributions. There's so many guys to name. Nakia Eason's been such a pivotal, you know, third down, screaming off the edge guy, getting sacks and a, and a leader for this UAB defense. And I feel like Michael Fairbanks has been here for a long time and he played as a, as a true freshman, if I recall right, uh, if not as a retro freshman and made plays uh, back when we were at Legion Field. Fish has been a, you know, a team captain and leader. Tajon Palmer's had a big senior season. Uh, has been here for a few years. Swoops. We just talked about how, big of a game he had this past game. So I can't name everybody, but there's certainly a lot of players uh, that deserve the support and hopefully the, uh, you know, we in, in combination with the team and the staff will be able to send them out with a win on Saturday. Yeah, definitely hope so. And I mean, you know, in, in a few days, you're going to see a piece that I um, did with Ron Wallen, who uh, does a great job uh, covering Temple for 247, um, Al's Daily. Um, you know, in the piece, I kind of talk about which 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 one of these teams wants it more. I mean, they're both three and seven. You know, there's no hopes at bowl eligibility for either one of these programs. And you're kind of just battling for pride. And, you know, with it being senior day, you know, UAB is, you know, fighting for these seniors to let them come out on their last game at Protector Stadium to come on top, come out on top and get the dub. Um, but again, Hopefully everybody can come out uh, this Saturday at Protective Stadium. It is at 2 o'clock Central Time, so come on out. But if you cannot, the game will be streamed on ESPN+. Um, but let, let's go ahead and just jump into uh, just previewing this Temple team. Um, I mean, we've kind of watched film these last few weeks um, in scouting our, our opponents, you know, like Navy last week. You know, I watched a great deal of that film um, between Navy and Temple, and then you know a few weeks ago, um, UTSA. I watched the film with a uh, Temple and UTSA. Um, guys, all disclaimers aside, like I I came into this when we when I reviewed the film, thinking that UAB's not going to get it done. But the more <laughs> the more you look at the film, and no disrespect to Temple, but I, I feel like it, T Temple's a team that they're trying to find their way and find their identity as well as UAB. Um, they do have a hell of a quarterback, EJ Warner. 
last name if you're listening yes that is kurt warner's son um he he was he's been battling some injury this year he was out a few weeks um but the last couple 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 games you know he's been on you know but he totaling he has he has 19 touchdowns that's two more than jacob zeno has um over 2400 yards passing um but jimmy or darian when you look at the film for EJ Warner, you know, he's kind of a small guy, but what pops off to you when you look at film of this quarterback for 10? Well, uh, for me, he, he, he's, he is the team. He is the guy to me. Um, he is their great, great equalizer. He's a guy that I look at. I'm like, he's a candidate for the transfer portal because, and I say that because Temple has a very poor offensive line and no matter what film that you look at, you see him making plays despite, like, you know, you look at UTSA or you look at you look at the game versus Navy. Navy was bringing heat, and a lot of times there was some miscommunication, and EJ was still getting the ball off and completing it down the field. And I've seen, I've seen all the film I've seen of Temple. I've seen this dude take way too many hits. Like they depend on him. You know, when he was out and he was injured for a while, there was no motion on that offense. Like there was. Nothing really going on. Their backup quarterback is more of a running guy, and they just weren't the same team at all. But to me, EJ Warner is the end all be all for that offense. You know, they uh, their running backs are versatile. Like they can catch out the backfield, and they can do some things. They can run. They can run sometimes. They, they're pretty good runners. You can't really tell because I don't think their offensive line is good at all. You know. And I spoke about that on previous podcasts. I talked about one of their guards. I was like, this dude is terrible, you know. But but he is their great equalizer. They do have some pass catchers that can catch the ball. They're, they're, they're one of those up-and-down teams. I don't know what we're going to get from Temple. I think it sways in our favor because we're at home. We're not on the road. We haven't won on the road all year. But um, I, I'm not really sure what you're going to get from them. I do know that EJ Warner is, he's really that deal. If you put him, I really want to see him behind a good offensive line. I think he's really, really good. He's a really good player. But like I said, Temple will be on the road. They're not as effective on the road. And um, I think we'll be able to get after him. Every team I've known has got after him. He always takes hits. He does. He make plays despite, and he will do that. It's going to be, some, it's going to be a couple times where we're going to be that close. He's going to manage to get the ball out for an eight-yard game when you think it could have been a strip, sack, a strip sack or something like that. I'm just like, man, like how much punishment can this dude take because that running game isn't consistent. But um, and I, I think we'll get after him. I think we'll be Dowdy and Morris. It's the under the seniors. We're at home, so um, I do expect, I do expect us to play well enough to beat Temple. But then again, we're both teams. That are up and down. So at this point, you just can only go by what the evidence gives you. And we both have the same record. We thought going into that Navy game, we felt really good. And we came out and did that. I don't know anymore. We can look at all the film you want, but it's it's up to the game plan and the execution when it comes down to it. So do I feel good going into the game? Yes, I do. Do I think we have more talented players? Yes, I do. I do think they do have a great equalizer in EJ Warner. He's really good. Like I want I, I kind of want him to transfer because I want him to have a better chance. But um, you know, will who's gonna do what? It's up to the players when they get out on the field. 
Hey, in one of uh, Trent's interviews this week, he was talking about EJ Warner, and he said that you know he wouldn't be surprised if 75 programs in FBS would like to have an EJ Warner, um, you know, on their football team. And he talked about the, you know, fact that Warner was under recruited. Um, obviously, he knows Warner's father, and uh, you know, uh, EJ Warner uh, was at one of the Elite 11 regional camps. We was able to see him and. You know, just talked a little bit about the fact that EJ Warner doesn't have necessarily the size and the build of of, of Kurt, um, his father. Um, but you guys hit it. I mean, EJ Warner's been efficient. He's been a high volume passer this season. Do you guys know how many pass attempts he had against UTSA? I don't even know if it was a season high. I would only envision it was, but he passed the ball 65 times against UTSA. Uh, so they're not afraid to sling it. You know, I will say that, you know, there's also a turnover prone element here. So we had three picks. I believe it was last week and I think it was two picks as well against Navy. So he will turn the ball over, um, you know, which will hopefully happen again on Saturday. But to your point, Darren, he's uh, he's certainly a good young um, quarterback here in the American conference. And hopefully Temple is going to be able to hold on to him. And then we'll have to be worried about defending him in the passing game from Temple for years to come. Yeah, definitely. Oh. And oh, sorry, you Jimmy, go ahead. I was about to say he mentioned the turnovers. He he's he's a lot like Jacob to where they may have that. It's like two or three passes a game, right? Like I would say that for Jacob, you like what? Like you know him and Jacob kind of do that thing to where they're like on the money, on the money. It's like yeah, we got the best quarterback in the conference by far, easy money. Then it's like oh, what was that? Like pick six out the blue, and him and Jacob do. I don't. I don't. I don't get it, and we are all we're all kind of witnesses to it. You know, you kind of it's not like you're holding your breath because you look at the completion percentages and you look at all that. I, I know EJ throws it down; he throws it downfield more than Jacob do. But they are both really, really, really good quarterbacks. With these two to three plays a game, it's like I don't understand what we were doing right there. Maybe that's just the growth thing. But they both have that in it, and you know, they both can do that. I will say this, though. Our offensive line protects better than Temple's offensive line. So maybe we can cause more of those moments. Yeah, Darren brings up some good points. I mean, specifically with the air yards. So EJ Warner has over 300 more air yards uh, than Jacob Zeno this season. We talked about the average depth target uh, last year, uh, which is more than double, or excuse me, last week uh, for EJ Warner. That's more than double. And then on his dropbacks, he's only facing 1.7% of those dropbacks or sacks uh, compared to 7% from Zeno. So everything you're seeing on film, uh, Darian, is, is certainly representative in the stats as well. Definitely. And I, I do think Darian was being a little nice about their run game. I do not think Temple can run the ball at all. Period. Like you, yeah, no, they, they, well, I mean, well, they hadn't faced UAB's rush defense yet, but they don't even, they don't even try though, John. That's the thing is like, they don't, their attempts are low. Their efficiency is low. Yes. So this will be quite the battle, right, John, of that UAB rush defense <laughs> first temple. <laughs> and if you're a UAB fan listening, the rush defense got better last week in Annapolis. That was the one, you know, we talked about it on the Navy game recap. We talked about how, the UAB defense had their best outing of the year by far, especially, you know, defending a triple option that, you know, you're going to get a lot of different running looks. Um, they, they did a good job. So UAB, can UAB continue that into this week where you've got a completely different offense that really likes to almost throw it 80% and run at 20%. Um, I mean, that might be high, but that's how I look at it. And, and shout out to Jared Kalmus, um, our UTSA friend. 
uh, Alamo Auto, uh, Alamo, uh, the Alamo Dome, or uh, Alamo, he's going to kill me, Alamo Audible podcast. He put a screenshot because, you know, UTSA plays South Florida this Friday, and he put a screenshot on Twitter at Jared UTSA that South Florida was begging Temple to run the ball had on defense they had everybody spread wide or to the boundary or to the sides and that middle of the field was wide open and temple still didn't run the ball and that play i think they ended up losing like 10 or so yards <laughs> but it's it's, it's like, that's what you're gonna get and honestly darren correct me if i'm wrong but this kind of reminds you of south florida and you know uab did a fairly good job against south florida not giving up the big plays but also forcing them into the turnovers. And then mentioned Warner has thrown five interceptions in his last two games. So you've got to be thinking if you're UAB's defense, if you can force a couple, then they're going to have a good chance in this ball game to win. The, the only difference with South Florida, South Florida spreads you out like that. It's QB draw up the middle and Brown is going for 75 yards, you know, so they they had a real threat of their running game. And they also had a pretty decent running back back there. Um, I will say this about <clears throat> Temple. They do lack running the ball, but they do use their running backs out the backfield. Like, he can make a lot of clutch catches. If you watch that UTSA game, he was killing them out the backfield. And he is the safety valve. So a lot of times those blitzes come. And they get there within one second. But EJ Warner has the ball out. Granted, he's getting hit. But he gets the ball out, and it's the running back a lot of the times. And so he's used in so much of a, in the pass catching role. So I don't, I don't take, I, I kind of take the lack of a running game, and I kind of, what, what kind of what Trent says, like that little quick, that quick screenplay we do. He kind of uses it and says like that's part of the running game. I think some of that pass catching out out of the backfield is is kind of the part of the run game for him, but. It is one thing, though. It's another thing. Like, EJ is not – EJ will run the ball, but he doesn't want to run the ball. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. And I, they would be a fool to put him in – he's already getting hit enough standing back in the pocket. That would be crazy to dial up too many running plays and want him to scramble because if he goes down, that team is done. They're done. So, um, it'll be – it's going to be nice to see um, how we're going to come out and defend. Will we sit back in the south shield or we're we going to get after them? Hey, speaking of uh, the run game, Temple rushed the ball on 27 attempts against Navy for 1.7 yards per carry, and they won by 14 points. That's despite turning it over four times and Navy turned it over zero. See, but you know what? It's, it's crazy with these uh, definitely high teams like – Navy um, and us and Temple, it's so crazy how they look on the road sometimes versus at home. I, I'm, I'm telling you, as I, I'm a player, I play, I play it in all different environments. I promise you, home, home and away never made that much of a difference to me. I don't care if we played on the roof of Macy's. Like it doesn't matter. Like we're playing, it's a game that you can play everywhere. I don't, I don't really understand it. But I guess it's a real thing for some guys. Maybe it's something mental, but that is so crazy how teams – I would have never guessed a million years Navy would have did to us what they did to us. But we were on the road, and you know how we get when we on the road. But I expect to see something way different from us, and I expect to see something way different from Temple because that's just what history tells us, and I don't understand it. 
Definitely, yeah. I mean, you, you're very correct with the Jekyll and Hyde comparison. I mean, this team, even at home, Darren, you know, UAB, that Louisiana game, like, you know, Jekyll and Hyde again. Um, well, kind of flipping over because we're 20 minutes in. We need to flip it over to the Temple defense. Um, you know, looking at that front, uh, that defensive line, earlier in the year, you know, I was not impressed at all with that defensive line. And we've kind of talked about it. We talked about it kind of in the Navy preview um, that Temple's uh, defensive line got really or got more, you know, got better compared to earlier in the season when we watched the film of that, you know, UTSA game um, per se. But Temple kind of dominated up front in that Navy game. And that's something, you know, UAB will kind of need to watch out for. But but like Darian mentioned earlier, too, like I feel like UAB's offensive line has gotten better as well. Um, so that that's going to be the matchup that, you, you know, you need to watch for in this ball game is the UAB's offensive line against uh, Temple's defensive line. You know, because Navy now, – now, Navy, I was going to say – looking at the film and I only watched like the first two, two and a half quarters. Cause I was done with that game, but you kind of look at Navy brought so many different blitz packages. Like, I don't know if UAB had seen that, you know, like Navy give credit to that defense coordinator, but um, you know, he, they dialed up a lot of different looks and a lot of different blitz packages that kind of made UAB's offensive line uncomfortable at times. Um, now, you know, we can mention that, but we can also say that that was a growing experience, you know, and again, it was on the road. UAB has not, has not won on the road yet this year. And this game is in protective stadium, but Darren, what do you, do you kind of feel the same way uh, looking at this defensive front for Temple to where they have gotten, uh, better over the year? I think what, what made Temple's defensive front and they play well, but we play well, for three quarters as well. I think the difference was Temple's offense was so much better than, you know, than our offense was versus Navy to where now you can actually highlight, you can actually highlight their defense. Our offense didn't do anything, and we kept on depending on our defense, kept on, kept on, and it finally broke like, damn, we can't can't give you, like, too much, you know. So I think that's the difference. And then, you know, Temple's offense, you know, they went up early and quick. Um, they went up double digits early, and it forced um, it was forcing Navy to do different things to play catch up. We never put Navy in in that position. We never did, and so I think our offense really hurt our defense. In which Temple's offense really highlighted their defense and made them look as good as they were, and it made our defense look worse. Um, I, I do think I did like number thirty-four, the defensive end. I think he played well. I think he played disciplined. And number six, uh, the linebacker, I can't think of names right now, <laughs> but he played well. He uh, pursued really well. They had good team pursuit. Um, I don't – I think he – I think number six has some individual talent to him. I didn't really see anybody else. Like I said, 34 was just discipline. Um, I didn't see anything that just, like, made me pop out because all the previous games I saw Temple, that defense didn't look so hot. Um, I can say the same thing about our defense, you know. So who knows? I think at this at this point, uh, when it comes to the defenses, especially with our offensive two offenses too, who's gonna show up? You said it in the beginning of the of the episode, John. Who wants it more? Um, you know, I think Jimmy was able to <laughs> send us a point, and I'm 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 gonna give the the clean version of it. But Skull said, "Forget forget a record. I want to win." 
And I, I and I and I thought about it. He made a post about it, and I thought about that for a while. And I'm and I, I'm going to assume that he's talking about for the rest of the year. He's saying forget the record. He wants to win. He don't care about the rest of it, you know. So, I think he, him, and guys like Eason are. This day last time at protective man, you know, and I I, I feel like they want to go out with a bang. So, all that to say is we watched all the film. Both of these teams, you don't know what you're going to get. Who, who wants it more? Who's going to be doubted? It's going to be all about leadership. It's going to be all about leadership and what the players want for themselves. That's what it's all come down to. I don't care if it's two people in the stands. If you want to win this game, you will. Because both teams don't have anything to play for, right? I put the air quotations. Do you want to win the game or not? You know, so we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, to answer your question, John, about the Temple defensive line, they certainly have shown improvement when you look at the stats in the past two weeks. And then when you look at the uh, difference in their wins versus losses, um, something as simple as, you know, in their three wins, they're averaging just over four sacks a game compared to just over one in their losses. And uh, when you look at uh, even the tackles for loss statistics uh, in their wins, which is three games, they have 19 total. And the other seven games combined, they have 20. So when their defensive line is playing well, they're winning games. Um, so that's going to be certainly uh, something to watch out for this week. Um, you know, and have, Darian mentioned it earlier. Games, have, has both, are both of those games at home? The, you said the last two weeks. Uh, they played. It was at South at Florida. Home and then at South Florida, right? So, at South Florida. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at that earlier. I think. South Florida had an announced attendance of right at 30K. I didn't watch the game. Um, but, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, Darren, you mentioned earlier about just the wide variance of these teams' performances. And you look at, you know, Temple, um, you know, in their seven losses, they're allowing over 500 yards a game. Opponents are converting over 50% in third downs. And uh, they're giving up over 43 points per game. And then you look at those three wins, uh, one of those, I believe, against an FCS opponent, but they're – allowing only 16 points a game, 262 yards compared to 509, and opponents are converting at 24% instead of 53. I mean, those are just like all across the spectrum. So it's either on or it's off. And that was hard for me when I was just looking at a few things. Is like, man, the performances are just here, there, and everywhere. And so I do like that you started off, John, was, was who's going to show up uh, in this particular matchup. Hopefully we won't see a reappearance of the John Duncan meme from uh, the Navy game. <laughs> so that's all I got to say. Um, and hey, and shout out, you know, we talk, you know, good things about this off UAB offense all year. Yes, Saturday in Annapolis was a dreadful performance where UAB did not get a single touchdown. But this offense has been good all year outside of that one game. And, you know, let's let's hope that the UAB offense, um, Tayshawn Palmer can go off on senior day. Skull can go off on senior day. We can get Jacob Zeno going in the right direction again. Um, and, and I say that, you know, because it's it's easy to be doom and gloom after to instantly react. You know, like we we still took 24 hours and still recorded that uh, Navy game recap Sunday night and we were still upset. Um, but it's it's important to look at the overall picture of this offense and what they've done all season. And that speaks volumes, too, because you look at Alex Mortensen, he's up for the Broyles Award. You know, he's a nominee for the Broyles Award. This offense has been prolific. We just need to get get it prolific again uh, this Saturday against Temple. 
But guys, so I, I guess it's time to go ahead and move into predictions since we are um, almost at the 30 minute mark. Um, this is the first ever meeting on the football field between uh, UAB and Temple. Um, and I'll go ahead and start off the prediction. Um, I, I do think UAB gets it done in a high-scoring affair, um, 45 to 38. But I will toss it to Darian to get his prediction. I do think it'll be high-scoring as well, probably mixed in with a couple of turnovers here and there. Um, but I got UAB since we're going to be at home. And to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde teams, uh, I got UAB 41, uh, Temple 35. All right, Jimmy, what's your official prediction? Man, give me the Blazers 45, Temple 42. Oh, so uh, exact – was that the FAU score too, wasn't it? 45-42? Yeah, how many times yeah, How many that, times have the three of us all ice. predicted a win? <laughs> it's a – well, it, no, no, no. Yeah, you, you predicted Navy to win last week. So, yeah, I feel like when we all three predicted more than NCAT, likely – It'd be, probably be <laughs> NCAT, and we probably all predicted UTSA. Because I haven't predicted many oh, wins. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you weren't on the show. We had to read in your uh, – so that yeah. don't count. That don't count. <laughs> so, hey, let's go, guys. Hey, senior day. Get it done. Uh, let's get to four and seven and then a chance to go to five and seven the next week against North Texas. And I think the Vegas win total was four and a half. So, hey, four you can't, and a half. That'll so be you, over. You can't, you can't go to a bowl, but you can hit the over. And if they can win these next two games – or at least be competitive. And I I was going to say with the Navy game, if they could just been competitive in all three games, they were not competitive against Navy, at least offensively speaking. Um, so that was a disappointment. But let's turn it around these last two games. And I know they can um, and go out on top. Hey, UAB and I, is – And I really – oh, go ahead, Jimmy. I was going to say UAB is 3-0 and this season when Jacob Zeno throws three or more touchdown passes. And Temple, we've talked about it, is not good against the pass – Stop me if you've heard that before. Um, but let Zeno rip it, man. Let Zeno rip it. I know he's not a senior technically, but get that ball out to Jermaine Brown. Let him get some receptions. Get that ball to T-Palm to flip. Let those guys score. Uh, Jacob Zeno gets three touchdown passes. We're going to win this game. Yeah, Definitely. And I, and I really want them, especially for the offense, I really want them to play well because I am going back on record and saying this. Jermaine Skull Brown is an NFL back. I've watched enough film. He's so versatile. He can do everything for your team, and he does everything 110%. He can run the ball. He can make plays. He can block. He can catch the ball. He can get yak yardage. He can get on special teams, kickoff, punt return, kick return, whatever. He does it all. Like, he's a guy with a legitimate shot. So play well for him. I don't care if you don't think you have an NFL future or not. Him and I believe Tajon Palmer will get some looks. Come on, guys. Those guys deserve it. They, they put in enough work. Get school. I need him over 250 all-purpose yards. You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let, let's get these games of film for him, and let's help him get to the NFL. Definitely. All positive vibes heading into uh, Protective this Saturday. But, Jimmy, go ahead and send us out. Blazer Nation, just blaze.